This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, DHS's new headquarters is getting even more money as the project moves into the next phase. Some significant measurements of federal customer service declined over the last few months. And a major federal employee union wants agencies to make it easier for workers seeking abortions. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. More funds for the Department of Homeland Security's consolidated campus is coming into focus. The fiscal 2023 spending bills making their way through the House would give $580 million to the DHS St. Elizabeth's West Campus. The proposed funding is split between DHS and the General Services Administration. The St. East Campus has been a work in progress for more than a decade and is the largest federal building project since the Pentagon. The project has secured more than $2 billion in congressional spending so far. Senate lawmakers want to ensure two Homeland Security offices are permanent fixtures at DHS. A new bipartisan bill would reauthorize the Countering Weapons of Mass Destruction Office, would also codify the responsibilities of DHS's Office of Health Security. The bill would also require the CWMD office to submit reports to Congress on the strategy to counter weapons of mass destruction and other emerging threats. The legislation is being led by Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee Chairman Gary Peters and Ranking Member Rob Portman. The IRS needs more consistent funding from Congress to dig out from pandemic-era challenges, replenish and modernize its workforce, an advisory panel has told Congress. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. VA Secretary Dennis McDonough says VA's patient safety expert team is looking into cases of patient harm at a VA hospital in Spokane, Washington and that the team at this point can't rule out whether the new electronic health record there contributed to the harm caused. I do now know that there are instances of patient harm. The Spokesman Review newspaper over the weekend first reported that a draft inspector general report found 148 cases of patient harm following the EHR go-live at the Spokane Hospital. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Six of seven metrics on federal customer service declined last quarter. The latest data from the Office of Management and Budget shows customer satisfaction, confidence and trust, and employees' helpfulness were among the areas that dropped for the 35 high-impact service providers. The one metric that saw progress was around equity and transparency. These HISPs collect customer feedback after the citizen has completed their business with the agency. OMB released an update to the president's management agenda earlier this month. This included updates on cross-agency goals like customer experience as well as individual agency goals. Standout Freedom of Information Act agencies are offering best practices to improve the public information request process. Among the recommendations from FEMA, the Postal Service, and the FBI is for public information officers to be proactive in letting requesters know when estimated completion dates on requests are pushed back. FOIA law mandates agencies provide estimated completion dates to the requester. Many agencies have had issues providing them, though. Other recommendations include connecting PIOs with agency leadership to expedite the process and releasing a list of frequently requested records. Federal employees still have the chance to help improve the Freedom of Information Act process. The Office of Government Information Services is extending the deadline for new members to apply to the FOIA Federal Advisory Committee to July 15th instead of June 30th. 
OGIS is looking for nominations from at least three cabinet-level and three non-cabinet-level agencies. The committee is made up of 20 members who serve two-year terms and attend monthly meetings to discuss possible improvements to the FOIA process. Interior makes a major award as part of its network modernization effort. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has those details. End-of-life software, no multi-factor authentication, and poorly managed authorities to operate have plagued the Commerce Department's national security systems for the better part of the last two decades. The Commerce Inspector General found these systems were at risk and were deprived of resources to be managed effectively. Auditors also found Commerce spent $380,000 on an investigations and threat management system that it didn't use. Commerce decided to turn off that system in 2021. The IG made five recommendations that Commerce's CIO agreed with. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. The Marine Corps wants the information domain to be a big part of how it thinks about warfighting from now on. The Corps formalized a new publication yesterday that makes information a core component of the service's doctrine. Marine Corps Publication 8, as it's called, tries to make sure individual Marines and commanders build communication, cyber, and other considerations into all of their combat and training plans. Officials say they want the new doctrine to be a living document that continues to evolve alongside changes in communications technologies and warfighting realities. The Navy conducts its first-ever exercise focused on response to events caused by climate change. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni reports. Major General Philip Garant is tapped as the Space Force's Deputy Chief of Space Operations for Strategy, Plans, Programs, and Requirements. The new position would involve a promotion to Lieutenant General. Grant would replace Lieutenant General William LaCory. Grant would replace Lieutenant General William LaCory. He currently serves as the program executive for ground-based weapon systems at the Missile Defense Agency. Federal hiring managers are trying to focus more on applicants' skills rather than where they learn them. Jenny Yang, director of the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs, says agencies are starting to re-examine degree requirements for job openings. Yang adds that eliminating educational requirements can expand applicant pools, a common federal hiring issue. She joined an Equal Employment Opportunity Commission workshop series addressing challenges that prevent underrepresented communities from accessing jobs. The Office of Personnel Management has also posted guidance to help agencies recruit more diverse candidates. A new report suggests the national security community re-examine how it recruits and clears people with foreign ties. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday has more on that. CISA is hiring a chief people officer within the next few months. That individual will help establish workforce development priorities and lead a unified approach to talent management at the agency. CISA's Cybersecurity Advisory Committee is also recommending the agency move with greater speed and urgency when it comes to cyber talent management. The committee says CISA should aim to go from job offer to onboarding within 90 days, less than half the time it takes today. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. And the American Federation of Government Employees says agencies should better compensate fed-seeking and abortion. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman has more. The Office of Personnel Management's leave policy for COVID-19 vaccinations now applies to more feds. The policy adds employees who need to accompany their kids, ages six months to five years old, in getting the vaccine. The Food and Drug Administration previously approved Pfizer and Moderna vaccines for that younger age group. The leave policy from the Safer Federal Workforce Task Force applies to feds with all kids eligible for the vaccine. Federal workers can use administrative leave for the appointments. Drew Friedman, Federal News Network. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White.
reconnect with a carpool or van pool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply. 